0: Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by ShippingEasy.com, They're a cloud-based shipping solution that can pull orders from your cart, make shipping labels, get you discounted shipping rates, track orders, and everything in one entire system. So Travis has been using them for a year and is really happy with them, so recently they reached out to us and we just brought them on board as a sponsor. So I was talking to Oliver over at their marketing department trying to find out what makes Shipping Easy different, and he says the biggest thing is that they have the best discounted shipping rates on USPS and many other shipping companies. And traditionally, when you go up to the post office, you'll pay a retail rate, if you buy it online, you'll get a commercial rate, and there's actually a commercial plus rate that's only available to special vendors that do high volume shipping, maybe you're a Fortune 500 company, and shipping Easy qualifies as one of those. So if you're looking for a new shipping solution that's automated in the cloud and does everything almost for you, uh, Shipping Easy is giving Build My Online Store listeners an exclusive 90-day free trial on any plan from now until the end of the year. So that basically means you can try this out for three months uh, from now until Christmas when it's busy to see really how it goes, right? Whether it's something you really want to do. So 90 days free trial on any plan that you choose, especially just for us. You can check this out at shippingeasy.com slash build. And remember, this deal is exclusive to our listeners. Uh, you won't find this anywhere else. That's shippingeasy.com slash build. Once again, shippingeasy.com slash build. Travis has been using them for over a year and is really happy, so uh, check them out. They're a new sponsor. And uh, thanks for listening, let's get into this week's show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Terry Lynn here with Travis Marzani, and today we're going to talk about 10 tips to get the most out of conferences. So it's October now, uh, mid-October, October. Uh, Travis, you're at e-commerce field by the time this is live, and I will be at Dynamite Circle Bangkok uh, on the 13th, so we're all big events here, and also our friend Anton uh, over at Dropship Lifestyle is having his conference, actually the same week, you're having e-commerce, but he's having it in, uh, I think Phuket, or Somewhere in Thailand, I actually don't know which island, but it's a nice beach resort, and he's kind of doing like a dropship one too. So October seems to be kind of the big event for everything, at least in kind of the online e-commerce space. So today we're going to talk about, you know, if you're going to one of these events, how do you make the most out of it, uh, given our experiences going to these in the past year or two uh, and all of that. So uh, we're going to start off with some updates. So Travis, what are you up to, man?
1: So one of the first things I want to talk about is in the last episode, I mentioned that I'm going to start doing Bing PLAs, and I have started, it was a pain to get like rolling. It's easy to set up, but they take forever to approve. I've spent about $30 so far. Haven't seen any sales, but I've seen a uh, good pages per sessions. So I assume that there's going to be some sales coming in the future. So that's the first thing. The second thing is things are looking good for the business. I think I might have talked about this in the last episode, but summer is our worst time. We're finally over summer and we're actually profitable. I did the financials for September. And we're making money, uh, which is a nice feeling. I mean, we've made money in the past, but you know, you get into summer and you start having to take out loans and do things like that, and it's like, oh, are we ever going to make money again? And the answer is yes, we we've done it. Cool, cool. And so, when you say the page
0: views for being PLAs are good, how far is that from your average one, where like you get sales and kind of like?
1: Well, I since it is an average, it's. I mean, our average. I think we're doing like three pages per session, but I've looked at some of the individuals and some of them. A lot of them are one. There's a lot of ones, but then there's a few that are like 38. So the ones that are 38, I'm pretty confident they're going to be buying or they went to a different computer to actually complete the purchase. So the average is three, but you know there, there's a few that are 15, 38, really high numbers and lots of ones as well.
0: Gotcha. So the ones maybe are people that are bouncing anything over three. They're going maybe to like a category page if not a product page by then.
1: Yeah, and I've, I've looked like almost every day checking it just because I'm really curious. And a lot of the days, I will be honest, all the people, let's say I have three or four people come into the website through the Bing PLAs, they're all pretty much bouncing. But then every once in a while there's a day where one person uh, looks at 38 pages and that kind of skews the averages. So still haven't seen any sales yet. I'm excited to see how it works going forward. Gotcha, cool. All right, and so for me... Um, my roommate told me uh, Instagram ads are rolling out in
0: his Facebook Ads Manager. So I haven't seen this on my own Ads Manager, but um, you know, if you're doing Facebook ads already, uh, you may see the Instagram thing pop up really soon. And I think they're rolling this out. Um, I think I know they rolled out the business ones to select big agencies, but in terms of like you and me, uh, anyone mom and pops that wants to get started, I don't think it's out yet. But maybe uh, really soon in the next couple of weeks. So uh, check your Facebook Ads Manager. Uh, maybe there for targeting. Thing that you can try out, and usually when you know new ad platforms come out, CPCs are usually really cheap since you know not that many people are bidding on it, and kind of it's not as competitive as say AdWords for car insurance, right? All right, another thing for me, I uh, started a email marketing service uh, with a few anchor clients. So right now what we're doing is we're just rolling out some uh, lead magnet creation, which basically means uh, we're creating content for your opt-in uh, to kind of increase your subscribers, and kind of this is the first step. Of kind of the vision I have of an end-to-end kind of service where uh, we do content marketing outreach content for you and also do email marketing because one thing I realized was that um, if we do you know traffic SEO marketing do interviewing other people like Swalit marketing well if your email opt-ins not working you know you're sending traffic to your site and people are bouncing off right away so kinda of we gotta fix this first and the idea right now is to start small you know we'll fix your opt-in get sign-ups once we can that we can then figure out all right what kind of sequences are we going to make you know lifestyle sequences uh, pre-purchase post-purchase you know repeat purchase things like that and then once that's fixed then you can dump more traffic into the funnel too so kind of the long-term game plan is that but just taking this step by step and working with about you know probably like four to five stores on this right now just to really nail down what's deliverable and what i can actually do before we kind of roll this out uh, on a bigger scale too so i'll keep you guys posted on that All right, so let's go into tip number one then. So number one, uh, find the attendee list. So um, most events, they may or may not give you the attendee list depending who you are, Uh, but I think generally they'll tell you, hey, here's who's coming, here's a list, and then it's kind of up to you to actually kind of Google these people and see if there's anyone that's actually relevant to you uh, to meet too because if you go into like an event with 200 people and you're just kind of hoping to meet, like the right person, you know, it's not really strategic and not really the best use of your time and money.
1: You know, yeah. it's really funny that you said this because I've never actually gotten an attendee list before. I've I've talked on this uh, show that I was at VidCon, Podcast Movement, and a few other things, but Ecommerce Fuel Live did send out an attendee list, and I didn't really I didn't really think about it until I read this bullet point. I'm like, I should go through there and see who's in a relevant field, send them a quick email, and say, Hey, uh, you know, I want to make sure we meet up. I think you're doing something really interesting. And that way, it's like I already have friends right away at there, you know, and I know that I'm not going to get lost, or they're not going to get lost in the mix. So I'm, that's a really good tip, actually. So if they don't send out an attendee list, do you recommend like looking at who's speaking and trying to contact them before, or is that you think too hard to do? Um, I think Tim Ferriss told us this tip, but basically,
0: uh, I'm jumping ahead of the tips here. But basically, he was saying, you know, you talk to the organizers. you be Like, hey, you know, my name is Travis. Uh, I sell dance clothing. You know, I'm here at this conference, looking forward to it. Is there anyone you think uh, I should talk to that's here, that's kind of in my niche that we could connect with? And usually they'll know uh, who to recommend, and they, have, they're not, they're sh- they even though they may not give you the information, at least they can point you in the right direction.
1: You know, another thing, actually, he talks about is you don't even have to say, "Hey, I'm in the dance clothing niche." You could say, "I'm into jujitsu, and I like you know hiking and other things that are a little bit more uh, personal." And he might be like, "Oh my God, this other guy loves hiking. You need to go talk to whatever," and then you can have like a relationship on a on a friend level and not just a business level as well. So that's another interesting tri- tip.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's funny, like at DC Bangkok, the past two years. There's been this guy that does like a morning yoga session and another guy did like a morning CrossFit session and kind of just like a cool side event thing to kind of, you know, not be so business oriented and meet other people too who are kind of have similar interests down the line. All right, number two. So ask people what party they're going to. You kind of came up with this one. How does this one work?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the conversations are pretty standard that you have at these kind of conventions, but... Here's a tip a lot of times you're only going to be able to talk to someone for five minutes or something. If you want to continue the conversation, especially if it's someone that seems like they're really busy and they're trying to network a lot, ask them what party are you going to afterwards? And the cool part about this is you might end up finding about events that you had no idea about that you know only the VIPs are going to or anything. It could be just something that oh, when you know that there's five different parties going to that people are going to. You can pick whatever one sounds the best to you. But it also gives you a chance to continue a conversation later and not feel like, okay, I need to have a 30-minute conversation with everyone I talk to. Uh, And and there's two sides to that, obviously. Sometimes you do want to have those long conversations. You don't want to just jump from person to person. But at the flip side, there's times where you want to keep the option to continue the conversation later.
0: Yeah, and usually there's side events that are organized by certain industries, skill sets, like knowledges or niches. So like at DC Bangkok, and I'm sure at e-commerce fuel or other forums, you know, they're going to have like breakout sessions, right? And then from there, people may be like, hey, let's just continue this over drinks uh, later on, or let's, you know, have dinner here and we'll talk about like X. Like for DC Bangkok, there's like a PPC lunch, like a offshore incorporation meetup, all those like different things that... Uh, kind of depending on what you're doing, you can kind of be more targeted in going to these things too. Because in the end too, it's about like getting what you want too while providing value, right? So like you got to be more strategic kind of with the events.
1: You yeah, could. no, absolutely. And I, I mean, I, there's been so many times, I guess that's something I should add as well. Like I was at VidCon and I was talking to you know a group of people and they're like, yeah, you know, I think we're going to go get some drinks. And it was in the middle of uh, the conference and I was I was ready to go do another session. And I told them, I'm like, oh, and, and the guy kind of looked at me. He's like, oh, you probably want to go to a session, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, I should probably go. And he looked at me and he's like, are you kidding? Come with us. It's the the guy from Real Men, Real Style. And he, you know he's surrounded by a bunch of baller guys. So don't be afraid to miss some of the events. Remember, it, it's about the socializing. And when you ask people what they're doing, especially people that are out of your quote unquote league, they might invite you to those private events. And it's kind of like a an inside way to get in there.
0: All right. And uh, so number three, talk to the organizers. We kind of glanced over this a little bit. So we'll kind, of, we kind of skip this. Is so basically, uh, you introduce yourself to, say, the conference manager. You know, kind of just talk to them and be like, hey, you know, anyone, is there anyone here that I should talk to that's also doing what I'm doing or is into X, Y, or Z that we can have some overlap with? And usually they'll point you in the right direction.
1: One thing I'll add to that is it doesn't even have to be the head organizer of the event, it could be people that are, you know, helping to hand out badges. But a lot of times, I, everyone's been in this position where you're kind of shy and it seems like everyone's in a group of people and you don't want to just jump in. Obviously, that's not always the case. Sometimes you're totally cool with it. But if you're ever kind of feeling like um, the social outcast, you can go to the p- person handing out badges and be like, hey, it's was my first year here. Do you know anyone? Because sometimes it might be equally as intimidating to go to the person that's running the conference. So feel free to talk to any of the, the help.
0: And they can tell you, oh, you should talk to this person, but they're not here because they didn't get their badge or like, oh, they just got their badge. They just got in here. And if you look at the registration, you can kind of see like, oh, who's here yet? Who isn't? And- kind of if you have an attendee list in your head of knowing who you should meet, you can kind of be more strategic about that too. Alrighty, uh, number four, host your own social event. So uh, this is kind of cool because it puts you on a radar of people, uh, kind of puts you as in like, you know, you're doing something for the event, lets the organizers know that you're doing kind of something you know leadership role and it kind of like if you have a certain interest that you're looking forward to it can draw people to you instead of you running around the whole venue trying to meet people to talk about this certain topic or issue you need help with too and the only thing is um Usually people do this before the event um, because a lot of people leave the event early to go home. Right, like if you're do- doing like a weekend event, you know, don't do an event on like a Tuesday after the conference. It doesn't really make sense because no one's gonna really stay around. You want to do it like maybe Thursday or Wednesday if it's a weekend conference because some people may just go in a day or two early just to you know get over the travel. You know, like they're tired from travel so they want to come in a day early. But you can usually swing some people uh, to go to an event like this too, or just do it on like a drinks dinner thing offsite the event once it's over. Um, you know
1: i thought about doing it for e-commerce fuel live and we talked about it for the episode but it might be kind of weird to oh, like host a build my online store podcast meetup during you know his event but if there's any listeners that do want to meet up for dinner or something unofficially hit me up i'd love to meet some of you guys yeah you guys have like what
0: 100 people there so i'm sure they'll all meet you um throughout the weekend too
1: and so. I'll, i'm meeting uh for instance malco and carol uh two people that I've talked to a lot, like on Skype and stuff, and it's going to be kind of cool to finally get to meet them in person. Yeah.
0: Basically, host a social event, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and kind of see who comes in to just kind of be strategic about the timing you choose and the location. You know, don't don't also choose a venue that's like, a, like, you know, hour drive away from the event. It doesn't make any sense. Make sure it's really easy to go to. Ideally, like within, you know, one block, two blocks of walking distance where it's like a no brainer for someone if they want to go to already uh, number five kind of plays off number four don't eat alone what's about what's the deal with this one
1: So there's a lot to this I mean the biggest thing is you're there to meet other people and one of the easiest times to do it is during lunch or dinner or breakfast and it's it's just time that you're gonna be sitting there eating might as well sit down with someone and have a conversation and the biggest thing is don't be afraid to be that awkward person that goes up to a group of people and says hey I hope this isn't rude do you mind if I sit with you guys or just you know do you mind if I sit with you guys? And I've asked that to hundreds of people, and I almost never had people say no. I, I do mind. Especially at a conference like that, people are very happy um, to let you eat with them. And I've met so many different random people. You know, don't be afraid. Even if it's not someone you think that you might get along with, it's better to have a meal with someone that is in a similar space. Better to, meal, to, better to have a meal with someone than just to eat alone, basically. Exactly. And
0: remember, the value is off-site. like breakfast, lunch, dinner, social events, too. So, you know, don't, like, make it harder on yourself by sitting alone when you're paying money and, you know, to hotel
1: flights and, like, you know, for the ticket, too, to just sit there alone. One thing I did want to add is that don't be afraid to bring some snacks because I know for me personally, I like to eat pretty healthy. And a lot of times the food that is provided by the hotel or the people tend to want to get are, like, burgers and whatever. It's okay to go to a grocery store, it's something I've done before, like a local grocery store, pick up a little bit of like healthy things, so that way when you're eating dinner, maybe you don't need to you know, get a giant plate of fries, instead you can get a salad with some chicken or whatever, and you'll also save a little bit of money, so that's a nice way to do yeah, it. we just bringing like
0: some fruit, because I noticed at these events, you know, you'll, you have like a buffet lunch usually from like 12 to one, it's like usually kind of rushed, the event starts at like 1.30, and by the time it's like four o'clock kicks in, there's like a lull, and like you could drink all the coffee you want, like eat all cookies, but you can only eat so many of those in a day, right? Like you can't have a coffee every hour. You're just going to get so jacked up and you can't have all these cookies. You're going to die from all the sugar. So, you know, kind of bring like something to munch on around like four to five when things kind of like slow down and you need the energy boost. That's it.
1: Yeah. And it one. does seem like people at these kind of events, they want to eat dinner. It's like really late. So there's lunch at 12 o'clock and then dinner at eight. And I eat every two to three hours. So you know, keep that blood sugar at a good level. Exactly.
0: And one thing about dining alone is that um, don't be the first one to sit down at the table. Um, generally, like, wait for, like, half of the room to fill up first because then you can kind of be like, oh, you know, who's sitting at this table? Do I know this person? Or, oh, I, I remember this guy when I was looking at the attendee list. Let me chat with him. Because then you can be more strategic with where you sit down. And like, so instead of going to a table with, like, you know, two people, you can sit at a table with like eight people and maybe they're all kind of, there's more interaction.
1: Yeah, and it's to. also one thing to ask people uh, if you want to kind of extend the conversation is like, hey, where are you going for lunch? If it's before lunch or hey, where are you going for dinner? So then it's it's a really easy transition to like, oh, let's spend the next hour together just having a conversation.
0: Exactly, yeah. And like a, a good place to chat with people is like when you're waiting in line at the buffet, you know, if there's someone you want to talk to, you just line up behind them, hey, you know, what's up, blah, blah, blah. It's like a good kind of sideways networking thing when you are talking to people too and then you can kind of just go because when you go down the buffet line everyone moves in an order right? is that left to right or right to left and you can just kind of go
1: down and you can talk talk with people there um while we do that and then you usually just naturally sit with the person you're talking to in the buffet line so it makes it easier yeah. all
0: right so uh, i guess that's it for Dunny alone kind of a little ninja tips but a little strategic too with being all of that too so all right number six uh, questions to ask when you meet people Uh, you kind of wrote this so
1: the the big thing I want to stress is the follow-up and asking personal stuff not just business related related stuff so an example of this and I know this is a question that gets asked a lot but there's a reason for it It's, it's an easy one it's like where are you from and that's just a nice like side thing, but you don't need to stop there. It's like, oh, are you originally from there? What you know made you move there? Or, oh, what do you love about that place? And then before you know it, they're just like, well, let me tell you the story about how I moved there, or oh, this is why you know Bozeman, Montana is such an amazing place. And they'll hopefully it's something that they're interested in. Uh, another thing that you can ask, or two more things you can ask, I guess, is what session are you the most excited about? And it kind of gives you an insight into why they're there and what they're interested in learning, or What's been your favorite session so far?" And the good thing about that is if it's a session you didn't go to, you can kind of learn a couple tips. I've done this a lot where I'm like, "What's what's been your favorite session? And they said, well, this one session that was about X, Y, and Z, and here's the bullet points. I've actually pulled out my notebook before and been like, hey, can you repeat that? Because that was awesome. So don't be afraid to ask those kind of questions.
0: Yeah, especially if it's like breakout sessions where you can't go to every one of them. Maybe like they have an overlap too. It's good to have someone to like bounce ideas off of and trade notes too. And, and if they haven't been, it's like the first thing you go, hey, so what session are you most looking forward to and why is that? And then like, you know, because if they haven't been to everyone, you don't need to like, oh, which one's your favorite session? But you can ask them, which one are you looking forward to? Also, it's from another angle. And also, this is a good time to ask about after events, like we mentioned earlier, right? Since there's always kind of these VIP things, people deal with like five or six people and, you know, only people they know or, that are relevant to them, they'll invite too, so. Alrighty, uh, number seven: networking with speakers. So um, everyone always kind of asks the speaker questions. As soon as the events done, they kind of crowd them. So like, how do you stand out? Uh, So how do you stand out from the speakers? Kind of there's uh, two ways that kind of I have. So one is you could do a Twitter shout out or like a blog comment before the event. You know, a couple days before, like, hey, you know going to this conference too, looking forward to your speech on this day, uh, hope to see you there. Right? Now, this may or may not, depending on the speaker, like if it's like Seth Godin, he may or may not care, right? I don't think he's gonna care. But for like a smaller conference, they'll usually get some interaction. And then when you see them at the event, you can go, like, hey, by the way, you know, kind of we talked on Twitter a little bit, just wanna introduce myself, looking forward to your thing. And then you can kind of ask questions about them and kind of get to know them too. Instead of just like a cold approach where, I think cold approach, it, not to say not, it's not gonna work, but if you can warm them up a little bit before. They'll be much more receptive to like, oh yeah, you're the guy that, you know, we talked on Twitter. Like, oh hey, how's it going? Nice to finally meet you. Put
1: a face. And one thing to add to that is you don't always necessarily need to talk with them. You can talk with their team members or their staff or their girlfriend slash boyfriend. And this more so is if it's a bigger a bigger person that there's a long line to talk to after uh, they give us a, a talk then you know, you can see who's just kind of hanging around is usually there's going to be some person just kind of hanging around by the stage and it'll be pretty obvious and they're not interested in getting in line. Go up to them and be like, oh, hey, what you know, what you think about the talk? And they're going to say something like, oh, it's good. That's actually my boss or oh, that's actually my, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend. And then if you have a conversation with them easily afterwards, they'll introduce you to the person. And Then it's not a cold approach anymore. It's like in a warm thing. And, you know, you, you might be able to build a real connection there.
0: Yeah, like they'll also have like an assistant or like a someone on their team there. And you'll, you'll notice that because they'll just stand, they'll kind of like orbit around them, but they won't draw attention. They'll just look at them, making sure they're okay, and then kind of looking at their phone or whatever. And you can tell them really fast, usually. And even if they're not used to it, hey, you know, what do you think of this? And oh, yeah, I work for this guy. So then, like, you know, if you ask, oh, what do you think of his speech? You're like, oh, yeah, it was good. You know, do you work with this guy? Or you just start asking them questions Yeah. Too. One thing to also do is if the conference isn't that big, and as a speaker, you're the one that um, usually, like, people with websites, blogs, kind of like us, like, when someone follows our advice and they get a good result, like, it's always really exciting, right? So, like, if there's a speaker that, you know, has given some advice, you can like, hey, you know, tell them, hey, I follow your advice, here's what I got, send it to them in an email or on Twitter or whatever. And if you get an interaction, it's going to be much more receptive when you see them, too.
1: That's just good. Good advice in general with connecting with quote unquote influencers is actually do what they say they are they say to do, and then tell them you know that it helps you out. Already, uh, number eight,
0: stay at the venue. So this is coming from experience from doing both. Um, so I've stayed at the venue and off the venue before. Uh, definitely stay on it just because uh, one most conferences have a room block, so you do get a better rate. Usually you'll get Wi-Fi, breakfast, whatever, all that stuff. But the most important thing is that you save time from going between locations too, right? So you're paying airfare hotel ticket price to meet people so no need to make it harder on yourself by staying somewhere else where you need to taxi like you know 10-15 minutes even though it seems small but the effort to like you know change your clothes put on shoes go out you know check in check out get in the taxi find a taxi get stuck in traffic and then finally get to the venue when everyone's already having lunch by themselves you know you're missing out on like good sessions that can add up over the course of like you know four days Right, if you're missing out on breakfast and dinner it's like you know six seven eight sessions that you're missing out on uh,
1: with people too see my experience i completely agree with uh your 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 point i have found it's a little bit more expensive actually to stay at the venue usually for me but it's 100 worth it like I've, I've done both as well i tried to save money by staying you know at a cheap hotel a mile away and walking to the event the problem with that is when you actually stay at the venue you could just go out of your room and you meet people. You know, you go in the elevator and be like, oh, hey, are you for this conf- here for this conference? No way, me too. And there's just something so cool about going to breakfast and seeing everywhere you look in your hotel, oh, that's a e-commerce person or that's a YouTube person, whatever it is.
0: Well, even if you're like in the gym, in the sauna, or at the pool, like you'll meet someone there, which is kind of always like an informal networking session too, right? You're just hanging out at the pool, having like a drink or two. and you know, while you're chilling out too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so number nine, uh, this also kind of goes into what uh, staying at the venue is flying early if possible. A lot of conferences have early meetups before the event, Uh, usually not after because everyone wants to just go home, but I think some people may want to fly in a day or two early just to get over either jet lag or know where the venue is, maybe do some traveling. So it's a good opportunity to meet people beforehand. Uh, too. And also, if you do your own meetup, you, know, you can do it the day before the event, meet some people first as you guys go into the conference, too.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah. All right. So, number 10, uh, you don't have to attend every presentation. So, what's the deal with this one?
1: Yeah. You know, I found this out both at uh, Podcast Movement and VidCon. And what I realized is there's certain times where, you know, there might be three or four different sessions. And I think, oh, I have to choose one of these. But then I realized, you know, none of these are really that interesting to me. And what I would do is a lot of times I'd go to a session and end up just sitting in the back, screwing around my phone. And I'm like, well, that's a waste of time. I might as well use that 45 minutes to, there's a couple different options. One, maybe you do go to your room for 45 minutes and just kind of like decompress, you know, uh, take some time away from the hustle and bustle that is networking or maybe you you actually do more networking during that time you go to some kind of the break room or some kind of space where you can meet and talk with other people one thing I found that's kind of random but works decently well is a lot of times there's an area where people go and smoke and it's like an outside area and it's kind of nice to walk out there and it's easier to have a conversation I don't smoke but it's just it tends to be easier to talk with people in the smokers lounge area so that's another little tip but in general don't feel like you need to constantly be going to sessions there's times probably where none of the sessions are going to be any good according to your opinion and that's true smokers are very
0: chatty people when they're smoking because everyone's just standing around
1: it's always funny when people are like oh do you want to do you smoke do you want a cigarette and i'm like oh no i don't smoke they're like oh what are you doing out here i'm like i'm actually out here for the fresh air in the conversation yeah but, except i'm okay.
0: having your second hand smoke
1: yeah well. <laughs> got to stand far enough away
0: exactly yeah yeah yeah.
1: and uh, i guess um like i've skipped
0: a few events too at some conferences like dc bang i just because you know what they were talking about wasn't applying to me like for example uh, there was one guy that talked about you know writing like a language book obviously i don't i don't think i'm gonna write a book anytime soon maybe in the future but it's at that point i didn't feel like you know what's the point of sitting through an hour of this to like, why well, I just go to the pool, right? And if you don't know where to go, cool thing is that um, at the events desk, there's always be someone manning the registration desk, right? There's gonna be some staff that you can be hey, you know, I'm gonna take a break for a bit. Is there anywhere in the venue that people are hanging out at or you know, I should go and they'll usually know, kind of give you some ideas too on where everyone's going or kind of like caught spots within the venue too, essentially. All right, so bonus one, I just thought of this one uh, while we were recording. Uh, it's easy to get information overload at a conference. so as you go in and as the, you know you're halfway through i think it's important to like focus on one or two things to implement without being like pulled in all these different directions right like, you're going to talk to a ppc guy suddenly you need to do like all this stuff right or you talk to a you know content guy suddenly you got to do all this stuff so, and then you talk to like an seo guys oh my god you got to do all this stuff it's easy to get pulled in all these different directions so whereas like if you go in with kind of a game plan and know what you kind of want to learn the people you want to meet uh, you can get a lot more rather than just kind of you know spray and pray you
1: know, i want to add on to that too Take a day off after the event, like decompress. You don't even have to like focus on anything you learn. Just take a day off to kind of soak everything in mentally and then figure out, okay, what if this is actually useful that I can use and move forward with. All right. So those are the 10 tips to help you make the most out of your next conference plus a bonus tip.
0: I uh, hope to see you guys soon at a future event and I'll catch you guys next time. And Travis, have fun at e-commerce. Field. Uh, I'll have fun at DC Bangkok and we'll probably do like a recap episode of our takeaways from these two conferences and kind of uh, you know what's going on in e-commerce going into the holiday season and for kind of next year too so we'll do an episode on our notes yeah it'd be cool compare notes once we're done too already catch you guys uh next time and we'll see you then Sounds good.